Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. So, hey, man, 20 million things we can talk about. Exactly. Uh, so how many Zoom calls are you doing a day or what's your... Oh, gosh. Uh, well, you know, the nice thing about Hong Kong is we're, we're still able to be out and about. And, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes, we're free. Um, so all my Zoom is for things back in the States. Right. Yeah, yeah but Hong Kong's easy. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Because it's usually 90% of the time it's the opposite, right? Yeah. Where the states are so free and hanging out. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so for you, you know, I often, people have asked me, what's God doing in me during this COVID thing? And what's God speaking and all that? And, you know, I, the first thing that I came away with was I said, you know, um, I want to come out being different. Like, like I want to be more like Jesus when this, when this ends, quote unquote, to when I started. You know, there's all kinds of, um, I want to preach the gospel. I want to take advantage of this opportunity. I want to see this window as a God moment in the midst of the crisis. And, and uh, I mean, I think, I think all those things are happening, you know, and we're, we're moving as much uh, doing as much as we ever have at one level but i but i said man i want to come out loving jesus more and sweeter and have changed and i've been uh, kind of holding on to romans eight twenty nine. you know we always use eight twenty eight. god we're told to good for those who love god and it says those whom he, he predestined he conform, he predestined to become conformed to the image of his son that I have been predestined to become conformed to the image of Jesus. And I thought, what an incredible follow-up to God works all things together for good, those who love God and are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. And I'm like, wow, that's 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 what I want out of the journey. And, wow. and um yeah, so that's where I'm meditating. That's where I'm just saying, come on, Jesus, just do a work that's not temporary. Do something permanent uh, in this window. And um, yeah, so those are some of the kind of the things that I'm thinking about and praying about, praying through personally. So what about you, man? What, what, do you, what do you feel like God's speaking to you on a personal level? I, I think it's been huge. Uh the interesting thing, though, is it, it's not so much COVID-19 related because, you know, I left the States um, when it seemed like Hong Kong was the hot spot. Yeah. And I got here and things have been great, uh, you know. And so it's actually <clears throat> a better situation than usual right. because I can go anywhere I want and there are no less crowds, still maybe half of the crowds. Sure. And so, which is wonderful if you've ever been in Hong Kong. And then, uh, but God has taught me so much uh, since being here. 
about just his faithfulness to me, exactly what you were saying about the things that were predestined. Uh, You know, I don't know. I, 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 there's so much to tell because, you know, in two months time, God has done so much. Um, but it's that sense of, wow, this was planned Mm. before I was born. You know, you know, I shared with you how, uh, share again that story of your mom. I don't think everybody's heard it. So powerful. That was crazy. You know, it was two days before we're leaving the States and I find this old folder, you know, as we're cleaning out the house, you know, getting rid of the home and, and it's pictures of my mom, my birth mom who died giving birth to me. Uh, and these pictures were from 70 years ago and I just never really looked at them, but they had captions and, and it showed where the pictures were taken and they were in the exact, uh, neighborhood where my office was being set up in Hong Kong and and she was doing ministry there 70 years ago and I mean the thought just came to my mind then I go I'm sure she was walking the streets and saying God let me have an impact here and back in the 50s and for God to say okay but it's not going to be the way you think um, you know, and yet, uh, just two weeks ago, Lisa and I were at a prayer gathering and, and this guy comes up to us and says, Hey, Francis, my, my pastor sends you greetings. He's so thrilled that you're in Hong Kong. He knew your mom and talks about how your mom led a revival amongst the youth back in the fifties, you know, and early sixties. And, and she was a powerful woman. And wow. so when she heard that you were coming into town, I'm like, what the heck? I didn't know any of this about my mom. This is but how did you never know it? That that was the, we never talked about that. How did you not know that did nobody ever tell you? Did no, did your dad not connect any of the dots? My dad never talked to me. We never had a conversation about anything, about the weather. So we're not talking about anything. And I didn't even know my mom died when I was born until my stepmother died when I was Are eight. Are you serious? Yeah. How Somewhere. did I not know that part? Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I don't talk about it much, but <clears throat> yeah. It, and I don't even remember how I found out. It was in the midst of, I think it was, it slipped out from one of the relatives during the funeral or when they came over to the house after my stepmom died, I thought it was my mom and my brother didn't even know. And someone said something and then we're like, wait, what do you mean our real mom? And they're like, Oh, that wasn't your real mom. That was your stepmom. I'm like, my brother and I were like, Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) So not only did I know not know much about her. I didn't even know she existed. Um, and so, yeah, then after my dad died and, uh, I I don't know, it's just, just one of those weird things, but you talk about the predestined thing and, you know, the Jeremiah one passage, which has been like this 
life thing for me back in my 30s. It, it really impacted me. Um, and you just start to realize, okay, God did ordain things before I was created. And I was made for this time. And yes, in the middle of this COVID thing, in the middle of the protests out here, in the middle of this takeover with China and not knowing what's going to happen, um, I'm here and I was meant to be here. Uh, I, and even finding those pictures just took away any doubt of, yeah. uh, no, this really was my calling. And so many things have happened since I've been here. And I, ah, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's, uh, um, I, I always told Lisa, like, I, I remember 25 years ago, probably, or, or longer, just telling her, I know there's a reason I'm Chinese and it's not just, to, I don't know, preach to white people. You know, <laughs> that's all I did and tell jokes, you know, I, I go, it's just, there's something there, uh, and who knew that it wouldn't be until I'm in my 50s that he'd bring me back here. And I think the most surprising thing is I've been teaching in Chinese and it's it's horrible. Like my Chinese is terrible and it's been so good for me because it's that test of, okay, do I believe what Paul says in 1 Corinthians? That this isn't about eloquence. Um, because you know, I mean, in English, I, I, I can communicate. I'm not yeah, gonna sure. pretend. Oh, God made me, and I can't yeah, talk. Sure. Yeah, I, I can speak in English. I can get me in front of a crowd, put me in a situation, and I, I just God gives me the words to say, and I know how to say them, and um, and I mean it, and it comes from the heart. Uh, now I'm speaking in Chinese, and all that's lost. I. I sound like a three-year-old because um, that's about my vocabulary level and I have the thickest accent and, but I'm believing the word of God and it's weird. It, it, uh, we're seeing some things happen and, um, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's bizarre, but I just, I'm confident God made me for this. This is the time and I'll shrink back. Now, come on, man. That is that's amazing. That's amazing. So what is like for Hong Kong? What's God doing in Hong Kong? Like, what are you, what are you excited about? What do you see God doing? You know, there's a, there's a generation of people. Uh, there are a lot of younger people with, um, at least I've met a good chunk of younger people with strong faith and rethinking what is church. I mean, uh, it's, you know, in the U.S., obviously, I've spoken about sure. this weirdness of just going to a place, calling it church, going to a service and saying, OK, wow. I went to church and that's it. And that literally is the way people think the definition of church is. And it's like, whoa, where did you get that? Like, that's what we've reduced it to. Um it's such a deep, deep word, as you know, like that ecclesia and that uh, that level of just God calling this force, this power. Well, in Hong Kong, it's even more that way with the majority. Um, 
because we're very much about obedience and just following these rules that are set before us, not stirring things up. There's a little bit more. I mean, obviously, there's the protests going on right now, but even that is a pretty widespread we're together on this. Uh, there's a couple of, you know, radicals breaking the law, that type of stuff. And, but the vast, vast majority are not into that uh, side of things. Um, so with church, it's kind of just been, we don't stir the pot. It's always been like this and we'll keep going since, since my mom was there, you know, it's just kind of this, this normal wave of things. And yet in the midst of that, God is stirring up a group that's rethinking everything and getting very excited about this time and, um, actually see this as their opportunity to go, let's really be the church, let's really love each other, um, and let's take advantage of this time. Let's not hide during this time. Let's obey the laws, but let's get serious about evangelism. And uh, I don't know, it's very fun to work with that group. And uh, they've just been so loving and affirming and encouraging and, and asking for teaching. Please help us. This is what we want. And just real humility that's been very refreshing. Mm. So you got two things. You got a hungry crowd and you're now the old man. So they listen to you more. (laughs) Really? The honor piece is huge. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and the cool thing that I can speak to is I tell them, like, after I got married, after two weeks or so, is when I felt that call to start a church, which I, which is bizarre to tell your wife that, uh, and go, hey, I think I'm supposed to do this, and, but then, I was still scared, and the next person I spoke to was this old man, Ron Wilson, and he's like the oldest guy I knew. He was an elder in a church, and I told him to ask what he thought, and. I remember him looking at me and says, Francis, if you really do this thing, I would follow you. He goes, I would go anywhere with you. I believe in you that much. And that was, that was such a shock. I seriously was not expecting him to go with me or anything. It was just, are you serious? I have this older man who believes in me. That that was it. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it then. If I've got my new bride and this old man, I'll go. Wow. I mean, it was that, like, powerful to me. But I look back and I realized he was in his 50s. Yeah, <laughs> old guy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's me now. Yes. And, but what an awesome role to be in. Yeah. I go, man, I remember what Ron did for me. And if I can be that for that, because that changed the trajectory of my life. Yeah. And so where are those young guys that I look and it's not, oh, they're just this gifted speaker or great teacher. But I go, no, I believe in this man. Like he loves the Lord and he is walking uh, like Jesus. And so I believe he's one of those that was predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so I want to put my arms around those guys and say, look, I'm here for you, and I believe in you. And an older man did this for me, uh, and it changed my life. 
And if I can do that for this next generation and pray for them, uh, I don't know. It just seems so fun to me. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and that's what we're made for, right? I mean, yeah. we're all called to be fathers and mothers in the Lord. And we come most alive, not just when we're living for ourselves. We come most alive when we're doing that thing that we're called to do. And man, rallying young people, investing in their lives, believing in them, championing them. I mean, there's nothing greater than that. And, and it's not just because of the uniqueness of you or me or somebody else. We're made for that. We're made to give back and invest in. And when we do that, we're living out that destiny, that thing that, that we're made to do. So, yeah. um, all right. Hey, a couple other questions here. Um, so with Body of Christ at large or just kind of the whole world thing, what are some of the themes that you're hearing or you're picking up personally from the Holy Spirit or just things you feel like are just being reiterated over and over again, things that God's doing on the earth. And I mean, you, you can go big or you can go small, but just yeah. what are those themes you're, you're hearing? Well, one of them is unity. Uh, I'm starting to see more of that, uh, which praise God, because yes. it was getting ridiculous. Um, just the amount of attacks left and right and the arrogance of, Right. Just people saying everyone else is wrong and, you know, get away from this guy, get away from that guy. And um, I'm just seeing a larger group uh, rally at this point, which is great because it's a heartbeat of God. I mean, honestly, uh, I, I mean, I love it and I want it. Um, but it's not like I, I personally need it. Like I, I could create my own group and just hide in that group and I'm happy. Give me a, you know, dozen friends and simplify my life. And thank you. Um, but this is something that is so important to God. So important. You see in scripture, just as, as fathers, um, if our kids ever divided from each other, oh my gosh, I just don't even know what I, I don't know how to focus on anything else. Um, my heart grieves for parents who go through that. And I'm like, how do you make it through? Like the, the father's heart who loves his children so wants unity in his family. And that's what God wants. And so I'm fighting for that uh, for his sake. And sure. it's, it's sad when people are just truly divisive. Um, and uh, anyway, so I'm seeing a theme of that. Um, you know, sadly that, you know, I'm hearing more and more people are hoarding their money uh, and really like, which I understand because you don't know when you're going to get your next paycheck, how many people have lost their jobs. And so I'm reading all these articles about Americans just hoarding their money, people in general, just putting things in the bank and their mattress, whatever. Um, and I just, I, uh, you know, for Lisa and I, we're just going, gosh, we talked a couple weeks ago about we have too much. You know, once again, here we are. We've got too much. Let's figure out how to give it away. Because if this really is the end, I don't want to be holding a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, and so it's just kind of this, uh, 
opposite mindset that says, okay, God, nothing's different. I, I depended on you when I was in my 20s and mm. had nothing and very little earning power. Uh, and, but once you get stuff, it's easy to start building some security in that. And it's something we've had to fight our whole lives. Um, but again, now it's like, hey, why do we have that house in San Francisco? You know, like, let's, let's sell it. Let's give the money to people who need it. And whatever happens tomorrow happens, you know, and, sure. and, and but there's a secure, there's a greater security now um, in the body of Christ. I, I have so many people who love me that I know love me and will give me the shirt off their backs and right. they will go homeless. Uh, uh, if I go homeless, uh, they will figure it out with me. And, and so I say we're taking this risk, but we're really not because yeah. the body of Christ loves me and I love them. Yeah. And I think that's the way it's supposed to work. And so if there are people in the body that are truly like on the brink of death, uh, you know, and not even people in the body of Christ, just human beings made in the image of God, they need to hear the gospel. And I have a chance of keeping them alive and getting the gospel to them. Gosh, I just want to pay real close attention to my finances. Um, and I wasn't doing a great job with that. Uh, just, I just got lazy, like, oh, wow, there's money sitting around. Let's, let's figure out where's the greatest need on the earth right now. What is pressing? And, uh, let's get ready for this thing to end because I mean, yeah, there haven't been deaths in Hong Kong. I mean, there's plenty in the U S every day, but any one of us could get it tomorrow and you just have no idea what it's going to do in your body. This, this could be the end. And there's the thousand other ways it could be the end but it sure feels like it's leading that way so why would we be playing it safe now it's kind of like it's like two two minute warning is not when you start playing it safe and you know it's like let's go let's go let's uh the the, the, the clock's ticking yeah yeah I i love that that little phrase you know the the, the clock determines the play, right? The, or the clock yeah. determines the strategy. And I think we've, you know, that's what's one of the things that's bonded us together is that sense of eternity is yeah. right before us, right? That we're not, um, we are not far away from the possibility of the end. But even if we didn't feel like it was the end of the end, we're all close to the end. So what's the, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of a, uh, yeah. really it's a circular conversation once eternity set in your heart yes. once eternity is clear then to hold on to finances seems ridiculous or yeah. to not uh, engage somebody in a conversation and to bring it to a declaration of Jesus or an opportunity to pray it would seem silly not to do that right so uh, that's what that's what m- one of my takeaways is you know, I, I call it the worldwide pause. It, for the first time, maybe in world history, almost the whole world knows that there's one thing going on and there's a worldwide pause. Definitely the most amount of people ever in world history are aware of one thing. And man, I'm trying to give people COVID conversations. So 
you know, like, like something like this. So simply ask somebody, hey, since we've had this worldwide pause, this COVID thing, have you felt like God's near or far away? Have you felt like God's near to you or far away from you? Well, I don't even know who God is. Then you got a conversation. Or, man, I don't even know what where God is. Or, why would God allow this to happen? Or, yes, I felt he's near, but I don't know his name. You know, it's just whether you're in the boonies of Bhutan or whether you're in downtown Dallas, it's a legit question because everybody's aware that there's a COVID crisis going on. And so I'm trying to say, in light of eternity, what are those door openers? You know, Paul said, I pray for an open door for the preaching of the gospel and that I might share as I ought, right? Or I love it where Paul said, I pray that I would be filled with boldness. Pray for me that I might have boldness, proclaim the world as I ought. And my whole thing is, is that there's not a crack in the door. There's like an airplane hangar door right now for this window for eternity to be accessed for all. And, yeah. and, 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 uh, and that's one of the things in the midst of the, you know, uh, all the kind of cool prophetic words or this thing or that thing or somebody's new revision, which are all biblical and substantive and all that. I'm saying, I think God's been saying the same thing for about 2,000 years or 5,000 or however long you believe we've all been here. Yeah. It's the same thing. He's trying to get eternity in our hearts. Yeah, it is. Uh... It is a window, like you said, uh, and someone I was talking about talking to the other day, who's a pastor in New York, was saying how um, when 9/11 happened, it was like sure. whoa. But the shocking thing about it was how quickly life went back to yes, normal. Absolutely. And yeah, it's just that's one of my fears—not fears, a concern—is yeah. like, hey hey, this, it could end pretty quickly too. Right. And we just have this way of turning on Netflix, forgetting anything happened, getting so involved in a show, and then, okay, things are back to normal or right. not perfectly normal. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's just we yeah. forget that it's life and death. And, you know, I, I guess the main thing I, I would say to that is, it is such a miracle when someone truly gives their life to Jesus. Right. I mean, where you can't talk them out of it. Right. Uh, you know, like, you're not going to talk me out of following Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. No one is. Right. Because the Holy Spirit did something in me. Right. And there's this thing where, you know, like Jesus saying, no one comes to me unless the Father calls them. There's this calling, and I, I think about my son-in-law who, who speaks like maybe five words of Cantonese, and, and you still don't even know what those are. And <laughs> he's out here with me, and yet he's been uh, memorizing John 15 and just going, oh, I'm going to abide, abide, and abide. And uh, a couple of days ago, he's just telling me he's walking the streets, and he just kind of says hi to people, and this one guy says hi and uh, starts a conversation, and then just, and he spoke English. Um, 
so he walks to my, he's talking to him just for like 30 seconds to a minute. And the guy looks at him and goes, I need to find some peace in my life. I need peace. And I mean, it was just like this, you know, yes. lob, like sure. softball, like, what are you going to do with this? And, and the guy just confesses leaving another country because of the gangs and getting it here, being involved in the gangs, you know, just da, 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 da. I have no peace. And to be able to share the gospel with him and share his testimony. But it's one of those things where it's like, okay, that doesn't happen. Um, but Jesus said, no, if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. Um, you'll bear much fruit. And so sometimes, you know, we, we you know, like we've been talking, there's an urgency, sure. there's this time and everything else. Sure. But we also don't want to be like, okay, go do this, do this, do sure. this. Sure. If you're not abiding in Christ, uh, you want to see the fruit and the fruit that will last. Those yeah. miracles I was talking about where it's like, whoa, God called that guy. This has yeah. nothing to do with me at all. Um, and I think sometimes we can be just quick to run to try this, try this, try this. Um, and I think you and I both agree, hey, try abiding in Christ. Huh. Deep, you know, yes, absolutely. And, then, uh, and then go out and see what happens. Um, when you're walking, uh, like the disciples didn't wake up and go, let's try to do this today. Let's try to do, maybe they did, but bottom line, they just had to follow Jesus and crazy things were about to happen as they stayed close to him. Um, and I, I just, if we really saw ourselves as walking with the resurrected Christ and following him through the streets and everything else. Um, but the key is, you know, I was, I was just sharing how recently, how I feel like the Lord is taking us on this adventure. Right. Um, into uncharted territory. Uh, and I said, it's like he wants to run cross country with us and go, well, I'm not telling you where we're going. Uh, trust me, you'll make it. You're gonna think you're gonna pass out. Here, here, here. I'm gonna get you through, just follow me. You're gonna see the most amazing things. Uh, and when we finish this, we'll, we'll be in paradise. And I, I just, but so many people are like, Jesus, can we just run around my neighborhood um, so I can see what's familiar to me, my house every, you know, you know, every so often, every, every few minutes, I want to just pass my house or, or Jesus, I got a better idea. I'll buy two treadmills and we can be in my house, turn the air conditioner on and we'll just talk safe. It's good, you know, and it's like, really like, Ah, that's not the way Jesus leads. Mm. Uh, not how he led his disciples. Today should be an adventure um, mm. somehow. And I'm not saying just geographically. Sure. I'm not saying sure. everyone needs to move. I'm saying everyone needs to move, you know, like uh, something. But I highly doubt God is calling us just to, stay in one spot uh, spiritually, uh, you know, in a safe place and just yeah. have conversations with him. Um, yeah. There are times for that, but you just see his example. 
And it was exciting. And it was, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I think most of us crave that type of life biblically. And there's a sense of uncomfortability when you just go, my life is way too normal and looks a lot like these people who don't have the Holy Spirit in them. Uh, this, this, there's a lack of peace in those moments um, or in those seasons. And, but that can change overnight if you wanted to. Good. So it doesn't take a crisis to do it. A crisis might help you yeah. wake up and say, all right, what needs to change? Yeah. And obviously, we're just talking about walking with Jesus. I mean, it's the crisis or no crisis. Uh, walking with Jesus is a, an invitation to an adventure. If you really take him by the hand and are willing to say, take me where you want to go, wherever you're going, I'm going. Because yeah. he's always He's always going somewhere. Um, and that's the joy of walking with Jesus. Well, hey, Ro, uh, I know it's time for your mid-morning nap already in Hong Kong. Uh, <laughs> you're 13 hours ahead of us. Uh, yeah. But, um, hey, just to wrap it up, uh, this is going to go out predominantly just to the Antioch movement. And I know you've become friends with a lot of our guys and gals, and uh, you know our people well. And um, so just give me 60 seconds. What do you want the Antioch movement to know? How do you want them? to pray? What do you want them to hear? You had 60 seconds with them. What would you say? Yeah, I, I would say this is, this is so serious and yet it is so fun. Um, I think all of us know that uh, there's a reality to our death. Um, you know, God's by the grace of God, he's given us wisdom to number our days. And so this is an opportunity that we just don't want to miss. Uh, and I sure hope you are feeling the excitement that I feel during this time. Amidst the sadness, there's just an excitement. Uh, thank you, God. We're actually talking about serious things, real things. Um, people actually have their minds on life and death, and it's not just the casual whatever type of silly conversations. And so, man, I don't know. I, I hope everything in you loves that adventure and stirring up, and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And it's an opportunity for us to show a piece that, I, I don't know, it just seems like, isn't it just that time where... The separation is happening, uh, that there are those of us who are more and more excited with the uncertainty and the possibility of death. And there are those who are more and more afraid of it. And the sting of death is gone. It's gone. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, gosh, Lord, the closer I am to you, the more excited I am that this could be the day that I see you. And that is crazy talk for most people, and for most people who would even call themselves Christians. And, and yet, here's the thing, is like Jimmy and I, we've preached thousands of sermons, um, but nothing compares to when people see the Holy Spirit in someone's life. 
It's the examples that change people's life. And when people see the example of your peace, and when you really believe it in your heart, like, I, I, I could be seeing you today, Jesus, like I could catch this virus and I, it, this could be the end or whatever it may be. And they see like, it's not a fake, it's not a canned speech. It's that genuine desire of your heart to be in the presence of Christ. Um, that preaches uh, way more than the sermon. And so, man, just uh, let's be people who exude peace and give peace and that are peacemakers uh, and letting other people, you can have this. Uh, when we speak about death in such a goofy way and when we just let our possessions go like they're no big deal, that's the stuff that's shocking to the system um, for people. But to just say we believe and we have faith in this person of Christ, I'm not saying the gospel is not powerful. You guys know me. I'm just saying we live in a world where people are used to people throwing out some religious beliefs. Um, but they're not used to people who live like they really believe those things. And you can see it in their countenance and in their actions. Amen. So yeah. be it, Lord. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Do it in all of us. Yeah. Hey, I love yeah. you, man. Thanks for taking Thank a little you. time to sh talk and share. I mean, I always love just anything yeah. we talk yeah. and share. But I'm so glad that some other people can listen in and yeah. be stirred for eternity. Yeah. That's, that, that's yeah. what's in our hearts. That's what we've made. Hey, I want to pray for you at the end of our yeah. time for every Lisa family. So, Lord, we're just so grateful again to be in it together for your glory and for your kingdom in this window and this hour in world history. And this all of history is pausing and asking questions. We pray, Father, would you activate us again by the power of the Holy Spirit to hear your voice, to live in your presence, to live and move with you in every direction. Lord, we pray over Francis, Lisa, all their children, son-in-law, grandchildren. We ask God, may you be their foreguard and their rear guard. May Psalm 91 be a banner over their home and over their hearts and over their lives and everybody that they touch. And I pray just as you are setting up divine appointments, just as you have brought them there by your hand, may they see your hand every day. May they hear your voice as they sleep and as they wait, and as is their desire, may their surrender turn into resurrection grace for thousands and even millions of people in these coming days, we pray. Oh, Lord, and we pray, may this be that season, that hour where all hear and all know. May we be rightly fitted into that tapestry of your desire for all to hear and all to respond or have the opportunity to respond. And Lord, we're asking again today, may the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace be in our hearts. And may our unity together as friends and brothers and movements, Lord, may this unity answer your prayer so the whole world may know and see that you are God. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.